Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So delighted to be joined on the line by, by Jim Calder, Lions tourist in, in 1983 and, 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 and Scotland legend. Jim, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thanks for having me on your, your show. No, absolute pleasure. Um... How um, have you been keeping a close eye on the on the Lions tour so far? Um, and and what are you made of the the performances that you've seen, um, particularly from the the Scots involved? Um, I I would say that you know getting more and more sort of enthused by it. I, I, I think initially um, you know sort of drowned out a wee bit by Wimbledon, um, you know, and the Euros in particular. And and the, and the Lions tour was um, you know wasn't wasn't quite you know front of mind, but uh, it, it's definitely now. And I think you know we're coming up uh, to the South Africa A match um, as we're speaking, so it's this evening, and it's uh, uh, you know this is going to be a real test. And I, I think that's when it's going to get really interesting because I think you know we've all seen some good rugby, but it didn't really work out. You know how good is this Lions team given the opposition they've had so far, and they're going to just be catapulted into something completely different tonight and yeah 100% I mean I think it was a bit of a shock just how strong the South Africa A squad um, that yeah. the selected has been but um, I mean with with selection for that first test looming um, who, which Scots in particular do you think have the best chance of a, of a test spot well it's really interesting isn't it I mean it, you know in terms of the team tonight you've got Harris starting you've got Pagerson uh, on the bench and um, I, I would think Pagerson will, will definitely be in the squad you know that you know that would be he, he, he won't I don't think he'd be a starting three but he looks like he's the reserve the second number three um, and uh, Harris will either be in the test team or he I, I, or I don't think he'll be in the squad it's just mm. one, one or the other he's um, 
I think he's confounded everyone. He's, his defence is just remarkable, and you know he he really has performed well. And he, he you know, there, there's so so those you know, looking tonight, those are the two that are, are involved. You've got Stuart Hawk, um, who's not really had a chance to to perform yet, other than early doors when he was captain, and he's um, we, we all know what he can do, and he's just been a bit unlucky with the the, the COVID situation out there. And um, you know, but, but we've got plenty of other players who are who aren't going to be far away. The, the other two that really will be will be close will be Rory Sutherland, and I'm not quite sure whether he he's ahead of Wynne Jones or mm. uh, or behind him. You know, and I think, um, but it looks like Mako Vinopoulos is is struggling a wee bit. So it could well be you know Rory's in the in the squad uh, for the first test. Um, and you know, I think they, and then you've got Ali Price, and whether he's, he, he, you know, he's on the bench potentially. Um, you know, it's Conor Murray. Looks like he, he'll definitely start. So it's, it's still a bit to play for there, as the reserve scrum has. Um, so and then there's Duhan van der Mer, who must be loving it, going back yeah. to South Africa, yeah. and scoring all these tries. And um, I have a feeling he, he, he probably won't be involved. It'll be interesting to see whether. You know, when it does come to test selection, whether they they go for the six forwards and two two backs, because they do that to match what South Africa did in the World Cup. You know, you're you're, you're making it quite difficult to include too many. Um, you know, you, you you'll need a scrum half, and then it's you need someone in the backs mm. who can cover as many positions as possible. And Elliot Daly looks the the guy that can cover full back, wing, centre. Um, he can also kick goals, and he's and he's having quite good tours. So. You know, suddenly, if Stuart Hogg's not in the team, you know, would he sit on the bench um, when there's only two spots? Mm. It's quite, it's quite tight. Um, I, I would still probably favour three, three backs and five forwards, but you know, the, tonight they're going with six forwards and two backs, so it'll be interesting to see whether they carry that through. Mm. Tonight's going to really, if we're speaking tomorrow, I think it'll be a, probably a, quite a bit more informed because this is giving South Africa such a good opportunity to get a team in the park. Um, and we're still not quite sure, you know, what our centre combination will be, where the back row. I mean, probably Hamish Watson deserves absolutely deserves a mention. I think he's having a, a pretty good tour, and he was, of course, outstanding in the in the Six Nations. And Tom Curry's not really fired yet, um, but this will be a really interesting one tonight. Uh, whether Tom Curry comes through, mm. uh, you know, do you go for the good big in, or do you do you go for Hamish, who's, who's not in any way, shape, or form a uh, small, um, and so there's immense strength. So, you know, I just think Watson gets more involved um, than, than any other number seven I've seen for a long time. So, um, they're, they're all doing pretty well. Mm. And then, of course, it's Finn Russell. So it's back to that point. They have two in the bench or three. Finn's got an Achilles heel problem. Uh, he probably, I imagine, might not be involved in the first test because of that, but. Uh, we're, we're always thinking that we'd have Finn Russell on the bench to do something different when he comes on, um, which they would, they would need to have three backs on the bench for that, that to be the case. Mm. Yeah, it's all getting quite interesting. Do you, it's yeah, it's interesting the point you make about a few of those players, you know, either being starters or not being in the squad at all. Um, and specifically on on Hamish Watson. Um, you know, putting putting aside whether he deserves to start, which I think a lot, of, like I, I agree with you, I think he does. Do Do you think Gatlin will 
will go with a with a back row that accommodates someone like Hamish Watson, or do you think he's likely to go for um, you know more of that sort of six hybrid role, and then Tom Curry coming in instead of Watson? First of all, without being in any way bitter about the thing at all, you know, you will favour his Welsh uh, players because he knows them the best. Mm. And um, and especially when it comes to the forwards, you know, I think Gregor will have quite a save when it comes to the backs. But I think Gatlin, being a being an ex-hooker himself, and having been over this turf so many times, um, so so it'll, it'll tend to be Falatau, you know, will surely be you know in the mix if not if not playing, you'll be be on the bench. Navidi's had a good tour to date. Um, he's playing tonight. So it's to see how he goes. Um, but Tad Byrne it seems to be the outstanding back row player, and, and he can play six and he can play four and five as well. So I think, you know, I think he he most likely will will be the number six, and Palatau will be eight. Um, and 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 then you're down to you know. I mean, Curry's Curry's quite useful because he can play he can play six and he can play seven yeah. and the Tarz has been playing eight as well and that might make the difference. Um, I, ha- I I happen to think Watson could be a fantastic number eight, picking the ball up from from the scrum and, and taking it forward because he's so strong and he's he's proving you know even at the highest level, uh, you know he, he he can make real yardage, but that's too big an experiment for them to be thinking about. Uh, mm. You know, at this stage of the tour, but I think I think for future Scotland matches, he could well just nestle down at at number eight on our ball and, and take it forward, and he'd, he'd take some stopping. So it's a long way of saying I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's just capturing the 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 quality in the squad, and I don't think anyone you know has really played their way out of the squad so far. So it it's very difficult to 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 call it really. Um, yeah, and really, when the games have been uh, relatively straightforward, you know, they, they, they were tested only in the, the last match, and then the scrum half got sent off, and then you know it was it was, it was easy streets. I mean, you've got seasoned internationals coming off the bench against youngsters who mm. have nothing like that um, experience. It's very difficult to judge, you know. So, so tonight is really, really important. Um, I think I think the general feeling is Finnapool is probably the one that's you know he struggled a bit in the scrum scrummaging uh, in his the previous game and so he's probably the one who's gone backwards a little but virtually everyone else is you know they're fit and they're uh, and they're playing well and uh, even Josh Adams eight, eight tries in three games he looks like he's an absolute stick on but then you've got to fit in Hogg maybe and you've got Liam Williams mm. will. Uh, you know he, he'll definitely figure, um, and then there's Anthony Watson, who's most people's favoured winger. So um, you know there's the, the, and then there's Duhan. So there's you know, and, and the, the young Welsh lad. Um, so I would think the young Welsh lad probably not, and Duhan probably not, and then you're down to the other mm-hmm. the mix of the other ones. And has um has has watching the tours so far sort of brought back. Any any memories of when of when you you toured? Um, I mean, what what do you in particular? What do you sort of recall about the the build up to that tour in nineteen eighty three? Um, and sort of how confident were you of being in and around the squad and, and being part of that selection discussion? Well, that's a very good question. You know, it's a very exciting period. You know, I think anyone who says you know as an internationalist and says oh, I'm not really thinking about the Lions is is not 
be 100% truthful. Um, you know, it is the season, and it, you know, it, 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 in a way, it's I, I wouldn't say it tops off your career, but if you can play for your country, that's always the first thing. But um, the, the Lions thing is just something just that wee bit special. So, um, you know, we were in Scotland, we, we finished that 1983 by beating England away. Uh, and of course, it's it's only uh, just been been taken that record. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that was a big finish for us. And I think on the back of that, you know, it's well, eight eight of us were picked. And so, you know, it was a you know that that game was very important. Um, and so, I wouldn't ever say I was confident of being picked. No, but uh, you you were thinking about it a lot. And you know, we we had. We had uh, we were fortunate getting getting eight Scots away, and of course with Jim Telfer as the coach, um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest differences now because Jim Telfer was the coach, um, backs, forwards, defence, kicking, you know, right. <laughs> he, he, he did everything, and so whereas now they've got four or five coaches all all with their different roles, um, and that that that's so different. So I, I think now you know just looking at captaincy, for example captaincy back then was a huge part of the, the role you were very much part of the selection uh, team mm. and you uh, and you had to do a lot of speaking and etc etc whereas now it's you know the ca- captaincy is important but with all these coaches it's uh, the, 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 I think the captain's been crowded out a wee bit um, compared to, to back then I think that's that's the difference between amateur and professional uh, but we, we, you know, we were going to New Zealand in, in '81. Scotland had been to, to New Zealand, so a group of us had already been only two years previous, and we'd had a, we'd had a pretty good tour, um, and you know, a lot of us were hardened up by the experience. Um, you know, for example, if you be lying a ball in a rock in New Zealand, you get, yeah, you get the the full treatment from, <laughs> from all their forwards, mm. and you learn pretty quickly what's allowed and what's not allowed, um, and that experience served us pretty well when we went back um, you know the <clears throat> you'd like to Roger well the slightly different not the forwards but like to Roger Baird had a great tour out in the wing and scored tries and you know he, he was he, he was in great form as, as was Ian Paxton mm-hmm. uh, I mean all the Scots boys played well but Ian played in the tests and then John Rutherford played and he got into the tests but it's an interesting thing when you go on a tour like that because you're used to being picked for your club and your country, and this is the first time in my experience where I wasn't picked for the test team, and it's quite a difficult thing to, to take. And mm, I think mm. they, they manage it really well now in the professional era, but in the amateur era, you just have to suck it up and get on with it. Um, and I, you know, fortunately, I, I, I ended up being picked in the third test and got some closure, if you like. But yeah, it was, uh, it's quite quite hard and. You know, um, it, it was the, the All Blacks. They, <clears throat> so we lost the series, and after the, I remember, you know, the uh, having a few beers with All Blacks afterwards, and they, they, they actually couldn't believe that Ian Milne, in particular, wasn't picked right for the best team, and that was a, I think that was a, a mistake, and and they also highly rated Colin Dean as a hooker, mm. and that was a difficult one because Kieran Fitzgerald was the captain. Yeah. So you know that was a tough one. Um, but to highlight how good Colin Deans was when in '86, when there was a squad picked to go to South Africa, Colin was captain. So that was, uh, you know, evidence how good he was. Mm. And did did you find um, it, it's interesting the point about sort of the the not being picked 
etc and being used to to getting yeah. getting selected did did you find going into the lions training camp and uh training alongside players from other home nations that that it was a, a big a big step up or or did seeing the scots had had such a great season before and, and were good juice have a good season after you you all sort of felt as if you could hold your own yes i i think i wouldn't say the training uh, because we had tell for us our coach we were used to that same guy <laughs> and so we it, it was more of an education for everyone else than scots he's i mean he was a fantastic coach but he was he was hard on, on players especially forwards um, and so that was quite an education for some of the you know the other countries and they they ended up impersonating him you know out of sight and whatever and it, you know became it was actually quite a lot of fun but uh, they, they really did you know respect him that's, that's for sure um, and it was it's probably the toughest tour that uh, Jim Telfer had but probably the one they learned most from mm. and uh, yeah and so and, and back then you know being Scottish you, you tended to think you know the guys from other countries were were probably a wee bit better you know because we you know we weren't beating them all routinely um, and of course Wales had come They'd had the seventies when they'd just been so successful. Uh, England were always strong, and Ireland had won the Triple Crown in '82. So you had, you had some success there. We still had a Grand Slam and Triple Crown to come. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know you leave the trepidation. But after after training and spending time with the guys, you just think these are good good people, and you know they one or two exceptional players. But in the main, you know there was the, the you know a squad of boys that were. You know, roughly similar, or so. You know, you any any thought that they were, you know, you were you were below that level, they quickly disappeared. I I, I was in competition with Peter Winterbottom, mm-hmm. who was only twenty one at the time, but what an outstanding player he was, and you know that's why I didn't get into the the, the team to start with. And in the third test, we ended up playing together, which was which was great. But but. You know, Winters went on to. He was still playing for the Lions in nineteen ninety three. Yeah, so yeah. Ten years later, that's how good he was. If you look at the, um, you know, just taking a look at the the schedule that you guys were were up against, you know, even although it would look, it looks completely different to the schedule that the Lions would have in the professional era. Even for the 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 amateur days, it seemed like an absolutely brutal schedule. I mean, you know, six warm up games in sixteen days before the first test, you're having to play the likes of Canterbury, Waikato in between the tests. Was there any sense that you were slightly hamstrung by that schedule? Or in just those days, did you just get on with that kind of thing? Yeah, you, you did just get on with it. Um, but there was a sense of lambs to the slaughter. I think at first, with the midweek game, which was relatively straightforward, then we're straight into playing Auckland, uh, you know, in Auckland. And... Um, Ryan Fox and John Kerwin and the Whetty mm. brothers, etc. You know they had, they they were possibly the top team, um, but you know the you know the and, and wherever you went, people would say, "Well, wait till you get to Waikato, they'll stuff you, and wait till you get to Canterbury, they'll <laughs> stuff you." You know it was really that that bit was you know quite brutal to use your word, but it, you know it's a. It, it, it was great fun as well. I mean, it, it, you know, I was saying to my brother Finlay earlier on today, you know, you, you know, people remember the Lions tours that were successful, but it's, it's true in any sport. And so our tour sort of came and went a bit. But for those of us on it, you know, we, we all had a, 
was a great time which some of us had injuries and you know etc but you know it was a and, a, and a, in no way would I say we were just having a great time you know we, we trained really hard and, mm. you know and, and in the first test we weren't far away can't remember the score but it was only a point in it a point or two um, and, and with all these things back then it was your first test was your biggest opportunity because you'd had eight or ten matches and then suddenly you were well, seven or eight games, then you're, you know, to the, you have the chance to get the momentum. Um. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. was with the touring team and we were very close but that was the closest we got yeah I, th- I think it, it that's really interesting that maybe if you look at it on the surface it's a it's a whitewash as people might say but actually the the tests were all really close um i mean having having played in that third test what what do you think was the main difference between new zealand and, and the lions that that decided those tight games yeah i, I would say well the first word that springs to mind is professional you know i think they were they were just better at it you know they're just more you know the they they've been through harder games you know i think i think one thing we all knew when you go on these tours back then you'd be adopted by a school and then you go and speak you'd go and visit the schools adopting you and Mm. they would do a scrapbook for you throughout the tour and you know they would lay on games you know just for you to watch and, and you just got a sense of just you know how um, serious they take rugby especially back then from a really young age um, and you know we had nothing like that in britain at the time so um, <clears throat> so, so you get to the age of 17 18 you're a hardened player um, by the time you're 21 22 you're, you're you're not a young rugby player and that and you know the, the level of competition that you've got to go through to get to become an all-black, make sure that when they take the park, you know, they, you know, there's no mucking about, you know, mm. they, 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 they've already been through a really tough process to get there. So I think when they get chances, they take them, you know, they, um, you know, and I think, I think we, 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 we played well that day and we weren't, weren't far away, but we still lost, you know, and I think, uh, you know that was uh, that was that was a, that was a tough one because uh, you know we as I said we're, we're, it, it was it, it was probably okay the first test was a close one I don't think we played that well the third test we actually played pretty well scored a few tries and 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 still we weren't good enough and I think it's that level of professionalism that they brought to the game where they just made made no mistakes um, mm. 
in, in severe weather, it was it was it was freezing conditions. It had been snowing, and uh, it, it, you know it, it was tough going. But but they they just came out. You know they just made less mistakes. And in in that um in that third test that you played in, who were you who were you up against, and what what were your sort of main memories from from that game? Well, um, there was a guy. There was a guy. I, I'm pretty sure he's been playing because I played against him five or six times. Called Mark Shaw, and he was a. They called him Cowboy Shaw. He was. Um, he worked. He worked in a slaughterhouse. Remember, remember um, you know, back then it was all amateurs. So yeah. You had a job and you trained. So he was a guy who just, um, you know, he had a real physical job. And but he, uh, I remember watching <clears throat> some highlights of the New Zealand Australian game. It was the night before uh, the match, and the Australian second row guy, Stephen uh, Chapel Williams, had gone up in the air in a line out, taken a beautiful turn to catch, uh, and delivered it to, to the Australian scrum half. Um, the ne- next moment, he's been carried off <laughs> the park uh, because Cowboy Shaw, uh, at number six, which is three from the table line out, he, he just had a whack at him. Uh, <laughs> You know, and, and the guy was carried off. And it, 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 you're really thinking, cool, okay, tomorrow I'm up against this boy and I've got to make sure he's not throwing the punches. And yeah. So that, you know, he was a tough, he was a tough boy. And, uh, you know, he, he, he wasn't the, he wasn't like a Graham Murray or a Murray Nexted, you know, who were big names back then, who, you know, in terms of their uh, quality of play, he was just a, um, he was something of a hatchet man and he did it really well. So, you know, he was a he was quite a boy to play against, but a great guy, a great guy. Um, and uh, and next day, I mentioned him. He was a real mm. class number eight. I think the number seven was was Jock Hobbs, who um, was a was a really good seven as well. He took over from Murray, who had been outstanding. Um, and of course, the All Blacks just produced these number sevens. Um, Richie McCall being probably the best example of them all. Um, so they. So those, um, you know, uh, 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 the, 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 you're always going to, it's always going to be a quality uh, area that you're going to be competing against, but it, it just brings you on. You just think, well, I'm going to have to be that wee bit better today than I've ever been. Um, and uh, it's, it, it gets your mind around it. So, um, but uh, <clears throat> as I say, we still lost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, I think the one of the most interesting things about that that test is the fact that Roger Baird scored his one and only you know test try in that match, um, which I think is still just a pretty unbelievable stat. Um, do you do you sort of do you sort of give him much grief about that that record for having that sort of? I mean, it's, it's a record that you know every man in the street would be very envious of, but is it something that you you can sort of make fun of with him? Well, I mean, Roger's a great pal and. Uh, no, I, I, you know, I've seen other people doing that, and and you know, and I think, I think ultimately, you know, it, there was a period there where, you know, a long time ago, where you know, you'd be in a clubhouse and someone would come up and say something, and you know, it was just a, it, it, it just got beyond a joke uh, for you know a lot of us. So uh, even though uh, there was plenty of wisecracks, and you know, he would have got his fair share as well from. From the boys, you know, I think I think in the main, the rest of us knew how good he was. And mm. He was he was just he was a very unselfish rugby player. You know, he, he started off life as a scrum hat and moved out to the wing. So he had all the skills in terms of give and take and two to ones. And quite often he was behind setting up Scotland tries. 
um, and <clears throat> you know it, I, I didn't play in the game but he, I believe he did score against Romania in Romania and the referee after the game apologised for not giving the try right it was a try <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know there's a bit of a backstory there but it's a it, you know it's something that it, it's not really mentioned now much at all but at the time you know it was it, it, it was definitely um, you know one of these remarks that would come up from from supporters and uh, as I say clubhouse uh, you know chat etc but but Roger's a great lines tour and he's a great he's a great Scotland player so uh, and a fantastic sevens player mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, just I suppose more more generally, what what was the um the sort of the off field um vibe around around the squad? Um, you know, when when did you all sort of get together for the first time? Was there was there a chance to to get to know each other over over a beer that kind of thing? Um, was was there was the social side of things generally, you know, a positive on that tour? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the before we went to tour, I think we had a couple of nights in London. And we trained and you know, we'd have a few beers and you know bite teeth and and back back then you really didn't know the players the way the players will know each other now because yeah. you know when you think of the the league that Edinburgh and Glasgow play in you know they're playing Welsh Irish players all the time and then the Heineken Cup as well so they're playing some English teams and French teams well English teams and so they're they'll, they'll know each other pretty well whereas we were. Uh, as I say, amateur days where you've got your job and your training in the evening, etc. And, um, and and your 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 rugby was very much playing for your club against another club in Edinburgh or Glasgow or wherever. So you didn't really come across the the opposition the same amount. So these the early stage um, sort of few drinks was was important, um, but it wasn't. There was nothing contrived. It just happened, and people got on well and um, pretty quickly. We became. A good squad of boys, um, and um, you know we out to New Zealand. You know you would. I mean the great great thing about being a lion back then is that you know if, say for example you're a golfer if you went to uh, you know Canterbury or Wellington or, or wherever you're going you'd arrive there and there'd be a liaison officer and say well the golfers go can go tomorrow after training to the local club and it really be a, you know, a great golf club. And the members would all leave their golf clubs for you to use and, and lay on some, some drinks afterwards. Wow. And, you know, the, the fishermen would go out and do some fishing and, you know, etc. So they, you, got the, you got a great chance to get in amongst the community and, uh, you know, have, have a bit of fun and see the country. And that's, I do feel for some of the boys out in South Africa just now where, you know, they're sort of stuck in hotels. Sometimes they're in hotel rooms if, if they've got some COVID thing. Um, and that's in that in that bubble must be must be really hard, and I know there it, it can work both ways, so it might harden them up. But it'll do that for South Africa as well. So um, it, it's not so it's just the lines that are going through the the COVID aspects. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it must just be just such a bizarre situation to be in. I mean, when 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 you guys were sort of able to enjoy yourself a bit more, who were the sort of the main characters on the tour? Who were the guys that were driving that social side of things? Well, uh, <laughs> there was a chap called Steve Boyle, and Steve was the second row from Gloucester, a great, great bloke. And um, you know, he, he 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 was he was he was nicknamed Paul Corn because he was loud, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and he 
was everyone's favourite guy, and but he would organise all sorts of uh, hijinks, fun, um, the odd party here and there, and uh, you know he's, he he was probably the main uh, the main guy, and it was great because we had a thirty year reunion in, up in Northern Ireland um, a number of years back, and uh, and he was there, and he was just the same, and you know we. organized it and um we you know i think probably of the 32 33 of us there would be 24 25 all all made their way over wow. and it was just it was just great to sit there and you know reminisce a wee bit but uh, you know generally just have a bit of fun and again you know we on the golfing theme Davin, Davin clark was there and he's a big pal of, of david Irwin's. And so Darren was in the bar beforehand up at Port Rush and said uh, <clears throat> he would give us a lesson the next day because we're, we're all due to go and play at Port Rush. Mm. So uh, he was good to his words. He, he had a few Guinnesses, but he still appeared and, uh, you know, he, he, he gave us a lesson. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I remember, I mean, I'm a useless golfer, but I was trying to do what Darren told me to do, you know, which coincided with about four lost balls in the first two holes. So, <laughs> I actually quickly put my lesson to one side, um, but uh, you know it was great to, to, and it was interesting. Darren Clark was telling us how much he loved rugby, and mm. in, in the sixth year of school, he was a back row player and he had to give up. He was due to be captain, and uh, <clears throat> I think he was playing for Dungannon, um, um, and he, you know, he had to choose rugby or, or golf, and uh, of course he he chose the right decision. Yes, yeah. you know he really had a a real interest in, in all of the boys and they knew he's rugby and mm. you know it wasn't just a professional golfer um, doing a lesson and disappearing he, he enjoyed the, the chat that's that sounds absolutely amazing and and when you when you sort of had that reunion and i just i, I, just, I don't know sort of bumping into to players that you were on that tour with is, is there that you know that that look that ian mcgeekins talked about that sort of that I suppose bond that's always going to be there. Do you do you feel that in, in any way? You, you do. I mean, I, I come back to the fact that you know, if you if you didn't win uh, the series, or you know, if you're not deemed successful, you know, you, you don't have quite the same bond. But it's a little bit like being going to a school reunion. Um, I think someone sort of mentioned that because quite quickly, you know, you're back in amongst your wee uh, group of pals from the tour uh, mm. and. You know, like like any social gathering, you know, there's maybe four or four or five, six of you who got on particularly well, and then you find, oh, here's a regroup again, and that and that was happening. So uh, it's just human nature, I think. But um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> excuse me, it, you know, it was it was it was a tremendous weekend, and you know, and it did make us all remember that we'd all been lions, and and that was and that was you know that was a nice thing, and uh, and well done to. Uh, you know David and Trevor for organising, and I think I think the Scottish boys we all went, and uh, you know we said we would organise the next one. And of course, we've not done that, but uh, you know hopefully we, we will do do something soon. But uh, it was interesting. I remember speaking to to Nick Jevons, who'd come out as a replacement. He was a big English uh, role player, mm. and he he's a great bloke, and he you know he talked about the fact that coming out as a sub. Excuse me, replacement. You know, he viewed the test players as being over oh, there. They're a bit special, and he really enjoyed the reunion because he said that you know it was just a great opportunity just to you know there wasn't that competitive thing anymore. 
it was mm-hmm. it was just we were a bunch of guys who had been to New Zealand and, and we were still about and you know enjoying each other's company and talking about you know rugby and various other things so uh, it was a great it was a great uh, it was a great thing to do uh, and, that, and I think now you know when you look at the lines you know it's it's just a different league you know the level of attention the media the branding mm. all the sponsorship the TV rights you know this is this is serious money now for unions and and that's probably why the, the two had to go ahead but you know and ultimately the players are, are well remunerated but they're you know I think I think most of us would still say yeah I, I think I preferred it back in the day because um, it was I mean I think we maybe had four or five six media people um, that was it yeah um, Nigel Starmer Smith it was one and Ian Robertson was another these are you know quite big rugby names mm. over the years mm. but so they're quality guys, but they, you know, they kind of mucked in. Maybe they would come out for a few drinks as well. You know, it wasn't they weren't looking for stories. They were just part of the the squad, really. Yeah, I was reading. Um, I think Jeremy Guscott was talking about that kind of stuff and saying that actually you wanted to be best pals with the media guys because they were the ones that would take you out for for dinner and drinks and <laughs> and and pay for it, which I think is very different to how it would be today. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, c- coming up to uh, sorry, com- coming up to I don't want to keep you too much longer, so we're just coming up to kick off, Jim. But um, yeah. what uh, what are your predictions for tonight and and for the for the rest of the tour, particularly the, the Test series? Do you think um, the Lions have got a chance? I, th- I think they undoubtedly have a chance. They, I think it's a good squad, and I think you know ultimately it's going to come down to you know how many injuries, but also you know what part does uh, COVID play in all of this? Mm. And and I think both both teams are going to have deep squads, and I think the very fact that the Lions are full of internationalists, um, I think their squad will be deeper. Having said that, the South Africa scrum in two thousand nineteen just scrummaged everyone off the park, and if if we we see a lot of that tonight, we're, we're we are in trouble. Um, and I think that was always the when you when you saw that England, you know the. the you know, they're, they're losing the World Cup, it was all down to a lot, down to the, the scrum. Mm-hmm. And of course, Sinclair being out, you know, injured within two minutes meant that it was a difficult one to properly assess. But I think, you know, tonight, that, that's probably the bit that's going to be the most interesting is, is how the scrum goes and, um, and forward. I think in the backs, we're in pretty good shape. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced we've got the, the, the strongest sort of centre. Mm. Uh, combination but you know we've got a great back three but then so South Africa and they're, they're at home and, and you know we, we know they've not really played a proper game since September 2019 so you know they'll be desperate to, to you know to they'll be treating this like a proper test match and um, you know I'm feeling maybe it might not go that well tonight but I do think we'll win the series um, that'd be my prediction nice like, like the sound of that a lot um, well, great, Jim. Thank you, thank you so much for your time. It's been absolutely amazing. Love the stories, um, and yeah, just thank you, thank you so much for 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 telling all of them. Okay, cheers, Matt. Great, speak soon. Okay, thanks yep, again. Thank you. Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.